like <laughs> fucking orchestrated. Well, yeah. Okay. So one of the first jobs that I had out of uni was like working at this really like working class pub, um, like the most working class like blokey British pub that you could imagine, where guys are like openly reading pornography on the in the like. Not quite pornography. It, it is right. pornography. I mean, what else would you call it? It's like what, what Nuts magazine or whatever. Yeah, like a like a like a booby mag is not like uh, you know <laughs> pornography. I would say. Like a well, for a, for a lady for a lady of my caliber, it was right. quite a culture shock. Um, I must say, and that was like my first kind of exposure to that kind of really blokey like British working class pub. But that's kind of what Weatherspoons tries to be, I guess. It's not really that because it's like a chain, but like it tries to. It's yeah. too full of young people to have yeah. all the grumpy regulars. Satis- yeah, it's all college, just college students. Uh, I was yeah. living in Ealing, uh, just like five minutes away from from the station, and uh, every time we would go, it would just be full of like like I was what twenty eight when I got there, twenty seven, twenty eight. So uh, I was already old, right, uh, to the you know college student standards. So every time we go, it would just be a bunch of like twenty, twenty-one year olds there, and it's just after like like I said, like the two hundredth time, I was like, all right, maybe I'll just find something else. <laughs> Hans, did you get did you get deported from the UK or was that Canada? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That was Canada. That was Canada. Yeah, it was a, it was a slow deportation. It was like uh, I came back home and then I tried to get back in, and they were like, oh, um, seems like you've already been here for for a while, so we're gonna say no. Uh, you can try in like ten years, and I just didn't oh shit but no. was, that, was that because you had finished studying and you came you tried to come back or yeah so in in yeah. and uh in canada it was that i came back for like five five months and then when i tried to go back the thing is that um the uh immigration rules changed while i was there so for uh-huh. mexicans uh you could just go in and they wouldn't give you a limit and then while i was there they changed that so by the time i got out they were like wait hold on you were saying longer than what you were supposed to but that rule didn't exist when i first got in so then when i tried to get back they were like oh this it seems like you stayed for longer than you should have before even though you know that really existed (laughs) in england it was just that i just couldn't get work after school because i was uh latin american and and they wanted me to prove that i was better than every european at doing my job and i was like well i'm not better than every (laughs) European at anything so after like trying for about a year and not being able to get a job I was like I might as well just you know weren't you working on like the Avengers 2 or something around that time yeah that's the thing I got a job I got a job now what do you do I work um, doing a podcast with you, making like yeah. That's <laughs> uh, I got a, a a job working a couple of days as a just like a reference camera, doing like the VFX recording of uh, little people jumping on those ball suits. Uh, and oh then God. when they tried to hire me again because they wanted me to continue working, uh, my student visa had expired, which is why it allowed me to work. So then I just said, hey, if you guys help me get a work visa, I'll be more than happy to do that. And I'm still waiting to hear back from them. So uh, that didn't really work out that well. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it's it's very difficult for, for any foreigners to get work there in England because of oh, that yeah. reason that you have to prove that you're like an exceptional worker or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're very xenophobic. We're very xenophobic. We don't like foreigners in this. Uh, yeah. it's, it's also it's, 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 vice, it's vice versa, though. You, you try and get a job as in America as a Brit, you have to prove that you're better than every American at what you're applying to do easy. to justify what you're doing. So unless you're sort of like 
but some I'm big like shot or like some you know I'm Nigerian and we're experts at like cheating the system and like <laughs> basically uh, there's this whole thing that they've now discovered that a bunch of Nigerian students were bringing their family over as dependents on the same mm. like visa and we're sort of taking advantage of that like loophole um, uh, and it's I don't know Some, something tells me that even if I had known you and pretended to be related to you maybe they wouldn't believe me First, oh no don't me. worry <laughs> uncle, I've got a light skinned uncle Tunji who we could have kind of like we could have lagged it somehow or you just need to you just needed to if you had known me I, I would have reached out to the network of uncles and we would have sorted you out <laughs> What about you? What about you, Lars? Have you been to England before? No, I've been wanting to. You know, I was actually planning on going and um, kind of very briefly spitballed like an idea of something with um, Jay Canrahan years ago. And uh, that never happened. COVID happened, and I haven't gone anywhere. I've just been bouncing around the East Coast. And it's very boring. It's very dull. I'm here for Christmas time. And it's a very, like... Just low-key, tired. You know, I actually, I've only gotten like five hours of sleep in the past two and a half days, so I apologize. I'm very low energy compared to oh, last no. time. It's okay. And Thank you I, for coming. Of no, course. I, I know I've like, I, fucked you guys around quite a bit. <laughs> just to I have a horrible track record with your show now. So the first episode I did, my audio, for whatever reason, just decided to oh, shit the bed. Yeah, it was horrible. This and now we have... Half a episode. lost episode. Yeah, so we've got half of it that's like viable, and then the other half just like shat the bed. So I was thinking about putting up what the half that was salvageable because it was really funny and good, mm -hmm. just like exclusively for patrons, and then having this be the the real one, the, the actual one, uh, right? the main event, the main event. Um, so I like that. And now you spill water on your computer. Well, here, well, here's what I was trying to do. So I <laughs> literally woke up from a nap. Like five minutes before I got the DM, like it's time to set up. That's why I was running five behind. And I was watching Joe Rogan's Instagram, and apparently what he does is he hops in a tub full of ice when he wakes up first thing. And I'm like, all right, well it's 30 degrees out. What I'll do is I'll go grab a bottle of water and I'll go outside and I'll just run it over my face, and that'll wake me up. And it woke me up for like five minutes, and then I forgot to put the lid on the water, and I went, whoops, whoops, whoops. Let me just dump my water water all over my laptop um so we're off to a rough start we're off to a pretty rough start tonight you're like mr bean it's yeah. <laughs> hans who's the american equivalent to mr bean oh, oh fuck uh kiwi herman or something? <laughs> we were just no, talking mr. about bean his never. theater antics yesterday yeah mr bean never did that uh rowan atkinson was not caught masturbated in a theater <laughs> uh, fuck. i'm imagining it now and it's like a disturbing image of his face just ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think who would be the american mr bean um uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm know. trying to think like the Three Stooges, like that kind of slapstick uh, physical comedy. You guys like don't haven't really done that since like the Three Stooges, really. Or well, it evolved. Like, Martin. Yeah, Maybe? Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve, Mar Steve Martin. Like in terms of like just literal comedy. Yeah, I, I would say that's a pretty good one-to-one -one comparison. We're Leslie yeah. Nielsen. Nah, well. 
Not really, because he was a serious actor for like three quarters of his career and then decided when he stopped getting work because he was too old. It's like, now I'll just be a comedian. <laughs> now I'll do Naked Gun, one, two, six, seven, eight. And that was it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I, one of the big questions that I wanted to ask you guys tonight, especially because Tis the Season, um, last time you were on, you kind of expressed an enthusiasm, in fact, a love for Christmas movies, which I thought was quite interesting, considering I think it's the worst genre out there. I'm the biggest Scrooge. I'm the biggest bar humbug. And I want you to, like, each explain yourselves and, and let us know what this infatuation, like, is about. Uh, well, Hans, you just only got introduced to Christmas yeah. movies kind of recently. Like, we just, we did a show on um, A Christmas Story and A Christmas Story Christmas last night, and Hans just could not shut up about how he loved both of them. So, I think, I think you should take the lead on this. Yeah, my, my childhood was full of, like, religious movies uh, here, and uh, there was one that we would rewatch all the time, which uh, I think is from, like, the 40s or 50s, uh, and it's a story about uh, Santa Claus versus Satan. Uh, it's a Mexican movie, and uh, Santa Claus has, like, a, a group of children, like a bunch of orphans that are on his team, and he has to fight Satan, and it's all, it's very creepy, it's not, it's not very jolly, uh, <laughs> but that's the type of, like, Latin American misery that we would get uh, when I was younger, so I'm not very familiar with, with, like, American Christmas movies, I haven't even seen many, like, like he said, a Christmas story, I just watched it, like, what, a Monday for the first time ever, uh, and Scrooge, I watched, what, last week that we recorded too? Uh, oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did a Scrooge episode. So I guess, like, I've, I've only seen a handful of, of Christmas movies. So is that, is that that statement of us loving Christmas movies is definitely one-sided more to Loris than me, mostly because uh, g growing up, yeah, we... You know, I, I, we got cable when I was like 15 already. So, you know, when you're 15, it's like, oh, Christmas is stupid. Um, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> like, well, that's interesting. So yours, your love is due to la just share scarcity and having not been exposed to sort of the pop cultural lexicon of like Western fluffy sugar magic Christmas stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, also, you know, uh, December here is usually warm, you know, by the time mm -hmm. that that, uh, that um, Christmas comes. So I didn't have the, you know, let's go on a sled and get in the snow and throw snowballs at each other. Like, that was so foreign to me. You could I, do that in the I dirt. Could, yeah. <laughs> yeah just. But your description of the, of the Mexican Christmas tale um, sounds like almost German in how weird and like <laughs> like around devils and fucking like children and stuff that is. <laughs> it's it's, pr it's pretty crazy yeah and uh, it's also one of those movies that look like they're done in the 40s or 50s so it looks very shitty and the sets are all crap so it, it, it wasn't like a, you know I I want to be in this movie you know oh, look how wonderful the world is no it was more like why is Satan fighting with Santa Claus uh, but it's you know kind of what we had um, we also had a 
and I don't even know if it's still it might he might still be going um, it's this this character called Chabelo who uh, is this old man that will dress up as a little boy uh, and he would have a show every Saturday and it was like a contest show and they would have children and they would do like games and, and, and shit like that he like the did that thing with the bunny the bee guy no it, like, it wasn't that stereotypical okay? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that that bad but there's there has been yeah a bunch of shows that are just I mean wow, they were amazing. pretty accurate they were pretty accurate with so that the, uh, the, for, the Simpsons is actually referencing like a, a Latin American phenomenon of a type of show yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, there's a, a show called Sao Gigante. It wasn't Mexican. I think the guy was Cuban or something. But uh, it was filmed in Florida, and the whole show was just is this old guy with white hair that's kind of chubby, and then he would have hot women dancing around for him, and then he would bring people in, and there was a there was a, a singing contest, and uh, a masked man with a, a trumpet. Uh, whenever someone would sing badly, he would just play the trumpet and make fun of them. So we did have, well, probably still do. I just don't consume that type of stuff. I'm completely above it. Uh, so I, I just don't don't watch that type of shit. But it's not that really that far from from reality. Uh, so I guess I guess it makes sense that my exposure to Christmas movies were some was something that seems more like an acid trip than you know a jolly. American that sounds fucking white awesome. As somebody who hates Christmas, like even more than the Grinch, the idea of experiencing anything different than like the traditional things sounds really appealing to me. So like we can trade places. Like I would do like Mexican fights, Santa, Satan, Christmas or whatever. And you can have like my English trad Christmas in exchange. <laughs> well, there's also, uh, and this is something that I mentioned in the episode that we recorded yesterday. Um, we have a, uh, because we're highly Catholic, right, uh, have a thing called Holy Week in around April. I don't know if you guys have that too, where it's just a week celebrating Jesus' death, which is weird because it's like the first day is when he showed up and saved everyone and everyone was celebrating him. And then the last day when they killed him and then he resurrected. So the whole week is like a celebration that you used to get off school so that you could just be home and watch horribly terrifying Bible movies that used to scare me when I was a little child. So it would just be a lot of, you know, me being six years old. Uh, we have no cable, so it was just three, four channels on the TV. Uh, and it would just be, I don't know, here, here's Moses, and we're going to kill everyone with a flood. Here's I'm Moses. Just six years old, just, yeah, <laughs> and I would just be watching all of those, yeah, very scary. You know, you have to... Uh, uh, I mean, they're all mixing together, so I don't, I don't know exactly which one is which. But yeah, uh, kill a goat and then paint your door so that whatever a spirit doesn't come and kill your firstborn <laughs> child or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm five. Like, I don't even know what I'm watching. So that was my, you know, uh, holidays as a kid. So I guess that explains a lot of how my, my brain works now. Nothing, you know. <laughs> nothing so a Christmas story is kind of a, a, a retreat for you. Yeah. It's more of a, oh, maybe I'll be in a completely different spot in my life if, you know, if I grew up with hope and, and happiness. And cheer, Christmas cheer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. How, I just want to, like, hug you and, like, give you magic and just, oh, my goodness. 
Well, okay, your turn, Lewis. So, what, yeah. why, why do you love Christmas movies so much? Oh well, I just had a, a very well-adjusted childhood and life, and uh, I had a, a fond memory of Christmas time as a boy. So that's my Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You're a man after Jake's heart, like me and me and Hans both had like traumatic like third world <laughs> childhood, and then the two white boys were like, I had a magical, wonderful time, and I yep. love Christmas, and it's the most magical time of the year. Just yeah shows like how us oppressed people of color you know have to navigate the world to different from you <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah, yeah i didn't oh, have man. i didn't have dr seuss i had like yorona which is a lady that cries about his dead child near a river and if she, hears <laughs> you, she gets you and kills you so yeah i remember i remember very vividly being like six years old while i was still living in mexico and i would uh go outside and just hang out with my friends who were all older than me and covering my ears because they would just start telling horrifying stories about urban legends. Mm. Uh, so uh, from a very young age, I was like a traumatized, scared of things that don't exist, but it's just, you know, Latin American urban legends that are just kind of re-threats of things that we get, you know, influence mm. from, from other countries. Countries, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But in terms of in terms of your love for, Chris, for Christmas movies, there is like... You, you. Other than being well adjusted and having a wonderful uh, memory, a wonderful life, a, yeah, a wonderful, <laughs> awesome life. Um, how, how, what? In terms of like the, in terms of the, I guess general ethos of Christmas movies and their, I, them as like a genre. What would you say the appeal? The appeal is. Is there any sort of like narrative or genre convention that like hmm. really appeals to you? Um, are there rules for a good Christmas movie? Yeah. Or is it just a Christmas theme is good enough to slip in a movie and that makes it fun? Like Die Hard. Like Die Hard. Yeah, Hard. yeah. No, I, I actually think yeah. it's more of that. So I, I don't think that most Christmas movies on the whole are very good. You know, I think they're just kind of... You know, Christmas movies fall into a weird category because they all do poorly. There's always a backstory of this movie bombed. That was the case with It's a Wonderful Life. That was the case with even A Christmas Story. Um, there's another one I'm, I'm forgetting that also performed not great, but because it's such a distinct genre and there's not that many compared to everything else, uh, it's kind of a great way to make your money back in the very long term because mm. it will get uh, played no matter what. And I feel like we've seen like a big influx of made-for-TV Hallmark-style Christmas movies coming out. We were watching a couple of different trailers to all sorts of uh, variations of, of what, what they're throwing out there now. And I think that is part of the, the plan or something, is knowing you can play this every single year, regardless of the quality, regardless of how many people watch it that first year. You can make money on ads. You can, do, you can put out a new special edition. I mean, back in the day, they do new special edition v VHS or something. Um, but as far as like what makes uh, a Christmas movie good, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's a, a strict uh, rule book or something uh, along those lines for success. But I do like when it is just kind of like lingering as part of the movie and maybe isn't necessarily overt. I mean, not to plug my shit again. I feel like we talked about Mass State Lottery quite a lot on the lost episode of Low Society. That's officially what I'm dubbing it, the lost episode. I'm the sure you guys have a few. episode. Yes. Um, which was great. It was such an awesome two-hour episode. I'm sorry you guys missed it, everybody yeah. listening now. Um, 
you know, uh, 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 that set during Christmas time. And I think there's just something, I don't know, having, having a film or a, a series or something that's set during the winter, I think just brings out a certain kind of attitude and vibe that I really enjoy. It's like a New Englander where it's always cold all the time. Uh, and it's, it's frequently snowing and, and there's a blizzard going on anytime after seemingly September. So I don't know. It's, it's more, I think, just more uh, my own familiarity with, with that kind of landscape. I think you're right. It's like it, it's just having that kind of in the background immediately puts... Uh, like certain emotions or like whatever in place with that so even if it's like if it's an airport that's one thing and if it's an airport at Christmas that means like a whole bunch of people will like come back for Christmas it has like it has like a whole charge yeah an emotional charge to it or whatever it's sort of like that was a shitty fucking analogy but like no 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 (laughs) (laughs) when you said an airport at Christmas I George Bush like some George Bush shit right there, dude. No, I, I immediately I just me. thought of some generic, like, Nicolas Cage family film. <laughs> I think it was called The Weatherman. I don't know, Hans, we talked about it years ago. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> think about, think about like, think um, like... A, a good example might be Eyes Wide Shut, the Stanley Kubrick movie, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's set during Christmas, and that is a big part of the vibe of the movie, even though it's not really consequential to it. But if it took place in the middle of, like, New York in the summertime, that's a totally different movie uh, and it's not really as spooky I think there's a lot of spooky Christmas a Christmas carol is pretty spooky well yeah if we're gonna get like pagan on it like the and the last half of the year like this winter solstice has the connotation of like the dark half of the year because it's like the darkest part it has a connotation of death there's also like this sort of lingering hope of rebirth there's also the Christ narrative which is obviously like a archetypal journey of the death and rebirth cycle that is common during the winter solstice part and it's also something that's obviously very a theme that's very common in a lot of these movies that you're talking about like a character's sort of death and rebirth or they just straight up rip off the jesus story and like sort of redo it like elf is kind of that in a way um you know him being Elf is the Jesus story. a little bit because he's like a divine child of Santa and autistic like, was, Jesus. Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> yeah literally, literally. They just did like autistic Jesus. Basically, he's like a divine child of Santa. He's like unwanted. He's like the baby that was like you know. But then he's like the he's he's like this, this sort of savior figure by the end. Like yeah, they they did, did the whole Jesus thing, and I feel like. A lot of the Christmas movies, um, why they're so powerful and why they'll always work and why they always make money and why they have that like Mariah Carey effect is because they're like talking to something like archetypal and like mythical that like we want to stories. We want to see stories about rebirth during a time of year where things are dying and dark and stuff like that. And I guess in that sense, there is something special about Christmas movies when they're done correctly like there are quite a few that I don't hate like I do I do like Elf I, I think it's charming <laughs> they are guaranteed money spinners that's not why I feel like um, musicians do and don't do Christmas music 
because yeah. it's seen as so fucking cheesy. Yeah. But you either you have an audience that kind of fits that or you don't. So yeah. Michael, Michael Bublé, bang, he's going to smash out a Christmas yeah, album. Yeah, of course he is, yeah. All the mums are going to love that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sucks. Metallica, uh, on the other hand. Yeah, Metallica's not going to do that. It's the least <laughs> metal thing you could fucking do. Although Metallica at this point probably fucking would. Like, they're not really yeah. like, in the true. game anymore That's like that. True. Who would you I, I think, Who would you love to see a Christmas album from who's like the most unlikely uh, candidate? Uh, Varg. I'd like to see Kanye West do a makeup Hanukkah album. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say that again? Sorry. All right, Hans, what, what about your pick? I'll, I'll marinate on mine a little more. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, some gangster rapper that raps about just killing something to do with <laughs> some jingle bells in the background. I don't know. I can Christmas in the get in the ghetto. Yeah. Snoop Dogg's yeah. already done it. Snoop Dogg's already done it. Yeah. Oh, did he? Snoop Dogg do Christmas in yeah. the ghetto? He's already done Christmas in the ghetto. Are you serious? Yeah, 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 right yeah, yeah, now? yeah. Look, That's we not can, real. We can do that. That's we can, not actually we, fucking real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think he qualifies as like he was a gangster in like '92. He was a gangster for back, three years right? of his life. Yeah, basically. yeah. He was yeah, he, murder, wasn't he? I mean, I would regard that. He was, yeah. Murder was the case, guys. Murder was the case. I just, I just feel like him and like Ice T when they try to like steal a card. It's like you shut up. You're in fucking. <laughs> what is that movie where? Oh, are we there yet or something? And it's like, oh, I'm Goofy Dad now. That's I'm Ice Cube. Like, Hans, I, not Ice T. What did I say? Ice T. You said Ice you know T I mean. from well, Leprechaun the, back to the hood. Right. Well, there it is. And or he, he also does that show where he talks about like penises a lot. What is it? Uh, like a CSI ripoff, but it's not CSI. It was Law and Order. He's on Law and Order SVU, I think. Exactly, where he just says words in a very funny affliction, and you just can't help but laugh at someone speaking like that when he's talking about like. <laughs> Snoop Dogg is back this year with a new Christmas song with Boys to Men. Christmas in the ghetto. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Sounds it was very gangster. Nine days ago. <laughs> yeah, he's killing it. Wow. You know, I think a. Uh, a Lou Bega Christmas album could be pretty timely for this time of year. I don't know what he what has he been up to since Mambo Number Five. Is he like? I don't know. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Rick Astley Christmas album going. <laughs> oh I've been seeing his face so much lately. It's it's very annoying. Rick Astley decided he was going to be in a lot of advertisements this year. I guess because there's. I haven't seen anything about mm-hmm. him. Where Where is this going on? No, I don't know. Maybe it's a U.S. only thing. I, I have yeah, no idea. Probably, <laughs> but we do love him over here. Like, we love all of your reject celebrities. It's, like, really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, crazy. it's crazy to me, though, that, like, um, not every, everyone who isn't able to hasn't tried to cash in on some kind of Christmas album or movie thing because you're right it is a guaranteed cash cow and even if it's cringe I feel like you should still do it if you're able to oh that's where I was going with that guess how much Mariah Carey makes every year with uh, with that Christmas song I can't even remember what it's called but all I want for Christmas yeah oh, that one obviously yeah <laughs> like how much do you think she makes every year from it? Like ten million or something? No, that's crazy. That's a lot, man. Oh, apparently two and a half million, two and a half million every year. That's all right. That's like safe. I mean, that's for safe it. fucking money. Do you know what I mean? When did it's that never... come out? Like ninety-one, something like that. Yeah, right? and, and mm-hmm. that's that's now. So I'm sure she was making a lot more, like you know, back in the day, twenty years ago, probably. But even now, she's making two point five. 
every year on that fucking song. Crazy. I, I feel like even though there's not really rules for Christmas movies to work, the ones that I've enjoyed the most are the ones that are not set in modern day. Ones that show you like a, a type of innocence and a type of living that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so I, I, I guess that's why, even though Scrooge is not really like a, a jolly movie, it's kind of kind of creepy at some points. But but uh, it shows like a completely different world that we what we have now, the '80s, which was what like 40 years ago, 40 years yeah. ago already. Uh, a Christmas story, which is set in the 40s, uh, there's some, there's an innocence and, and a, mm. uh, I guess a, a type of uh, texture that you can't get now if you set anything in the modern day because the, the uh, there's no community and there's no like closeness between neighbors and people like like it was back in the day. So for me, for for or at least the Christmas movies that I enjoy, enjoy the most are the ones that show. You know, uh, something that just doesn't exist anymore. What, what, what he said about the airports, the first thing I thought about was being just in a, in, a, in a plane full of children and just how much I would have hated it. So that didn't really connect with me at all. But every, every time I think of, like, what, what modern Christmas movie... When was the last time that you watched a, a modern Christmas movie and you were like, yeah, I, I, this is something that I can't rewatch every day? Or every Christmas, I guess. Uh, and I feel like the ones that I've, yeah, that I've enjoyed the most are just, you know, set in not a cell phone era, I guess, or yeah. before right. that, that became a thing. Well, yeah. I think it's that we're so, and again, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but we're so far away from like anything that was conventionally normal socially back in uh, the 80s or whatever, when they were making these, like that, that I, I would say the 80s and then the 90s with like Jingle All the Way, that really bad yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but it's <laughs> still kind of fun to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. That's like the last breath for, for Christmas movies, because everything after that, you, you're, you're you know, edging towards a gradual shift into where we're at now, which is, yeah, no community. Uh, people in our age bracket, generally speaking, really aren't having families so much. And that would be a component to a lot of these Christmas movies is people in their 30s and 40s having young kids and, and doing that and that being a relatable thing. Now you see a Christmas movie put out and uh, it's like two 30, 34 year olds going out to a bar and using vulgarities and looking for a place to do explicit things with each other or something. That's the Christmas. Movie. <laughs> um, yeah, if you, if you wanted to avoid a bully in those old movies, you would just not go through that street. Now it's like, Oh, they posted on Facebook about me and everyone's making fun of me. And it's like, it's just not, yeah. you know, not mm -hmm. the same. Nice. And I said, Facebook showing my age because I just mainly sounds really old, but you know what I mean? Like it's, like the, the the bringing technology into it, I guess, kind of disconnects from the feeling that those old movies have, which is why I just it's difficult for me to care about them. Definitely, I, it's interesting because for me, I feel like it's um, uh, like I, I was kind of similar to to Lorez. Like I had a, an, a fairly you know wholesome upbringing or whatever, and have good <laughs> memories of Christmas. And I watched a lot of the Christmas classics when I was younger. So, for me, it's sort of like, there hasn't been anything, you know, like a modern Christmas classic, I couldn't tell you. Like, I, I couldn't think of... Um, Elf is probably the yeah, most I was gonna say recent that, yeah. film I would consider a Christmas Tolerable, classic. That was like yeah. 2001. Yeah. yeah. Um, may, I don't know when... Uh, Muppet's Christmas Carol was definitely earlier. There are lots of films that aren't necessarily explicitly Christmas movies that I like to watch around Christmas time. 
But I, sure. I feel like it's a thing of like for me anyway of like I don't think even if there was an amazing Christmas movie, I probably wouldn't recognize it as that because mm-hmm. I'm past the age where I can really appreciate that. But because how and we don't have like going babies. through Christmas movies as like a yeah. fully grown <laughs> dude and yeah, being like, yeah. yeah, this is what I fucking love about them and this is great. So it's like maybe that's just my own fucking self-limiting bullshit. Uh, that's <laughs> prevented me to try and enjoy some of these amazing new Christmas classics. I'm, but uh, it is a thing that is <laughs> sort of, like you said, massively rooted around being sort of embedded in society. And like, if you're like a childless, like millennial couple, the likelihood of you seeking out Christmas movies to watch is like slim to none, unless like it's like stuff to pass out on the couch you know, when you're with your parents over Christmas or whatever. So the, the, like, will to seek them out isn't necessarily there as much because we're not as embedded in community. And also the television is no longer the collective half that it once was. Right. Everyone's sort of streaming everything individually. Like, even because our Christmases are usually multi-generational because we go to your parents' house, Mm -hmm. you've got brothers, they've got little kids. But the little kids don't want to watch movies with us. Mm They want to. They're like. They're like literally opposed to it. Like you can try and make them do, but they're they're like when the lure of the iPad is like calling them, and they're not Mm. your kids, so you can't be like, "Come here, you fucking shit." Like (laughs) if it was my kid, I would be, but like you know, it's just how it is. Like that, it's not that communal like half anymore. Um, And yeah, there is something really wholesome about watching like an old film like A Christmas Story, which I will because I've not seen it, um, which is also a you haven't seen it either. No, I haven't seen it. We should try and watch it this Which year. Which one? A Christmas Story. We just tried to watch it, but then it was like an updated HBO Max version. Yeah, it was a fake one. Was, uh, no, no, that's, a, that's, that's a, a Christmas Story Christmas. Christmas. That's with that's uh, the, the little boy in the movie who hasn't acted for 45 years, and they decided to give him a, a sequel film to lead. Um, yeah, oh, you got to see it. Oh, shit. So that's what you Because I was like, this isn't... This isn't what I was expecting or whatever, and then I turned it off in a half, <laughs> thinking that you had lied to me, Loris. No, <laughs> I was, I I was upset. <laughs> um, I was really uh, upset. So I, I want to touch on something real quick. So you said in passing, Angie, um, you watch movies during Christmas time or something that aren't aren't Christmassy, but yeah. what you have an association with that. Well, I, we were talking about this before, like movies that aren't Christmassy, that have nothing to do with Christmas, but are like spiritually. Christmas films so is that how you like kind of generally feel and what are those movies musicals all musicals musicals are friggin Christmas movies (laughs) in my family that was the tradition Um, my grandmother is a huge 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 fan of like the big sprawling classical musicals like The King and I um, The Sound of Music uh, all of those sorts of anything with sort of Deborah and Yorbrina and you know Julie Andrews like that was the Mm -hmm. sort of stuff i grew up watching during christmas so i heavily associate christmas with like sitting down with the family and watching a massive sprawling musical so i think musicals like anything that sort of incorporates like ballet or tarkovsky anything like that sort of stuff i associate with christmas i like i don't necessarily think you have to watch an explicitly christmasy movie but anything that is i guess really big sprawling entertaining and family friendly to me is something that's like good to watch at Christmas time 
So it doesn't necessarily have to be a Christmas movie. I kind of um, feel that way with uh, with Rent and Cats as far as musicals go. I don't know why. I just think of like New York in the eighties and wintertime. And but I watched Cats <laughs> for the first time. I watched the the musical, the the Broadway play when they recorded it of Cats earlier this mm-hmm. year, and I was so bewildered by it because it was not what I was expecting at all. Um, which is just a bunch of like vignette stories of people dressed up as cats pretending to be cats. And I was like, wow, how the fuck did they make a movie of, uh, of this? And then it makes sense why it bombed, why no one saw that cats movie and why it looks so horrible. <laughs> what, the new one? The one with the holes. Yeah, the one with Taylor Swift and James Corden. Well, the reason, the reason I bring up musicals as well is because they're so ornate, especially those really old ones. Mm. The reason I bring up The King and I specifically is because one of my favorite things ever in, in cinema is um, there's in the original with uh, Yul Brynner and Deborah Kerr, there's like a scene where the King of Siam, in order to sort of um, show the Westerners that he's civilized and so that they don't colonize him or whatever, he basically does a rendition of Uncle Tom's Cabin, but mm. using um, Siamese theater basically and that's like a whole set section of the film it's like this rendition of uncle tom's cabin but done in this very beautiful asian winter zen kind of way and i just deeply associate it with christmas time despite the fact that it's not christmas time because of the set design because of how ornate it is because of how much love went into everything in that film like this the dresses there's just something really magical about those old musicals and i think that christmas time is like the best time to have it be like a feast for the eyes i also feel the same way about wes anderson films something about watching them like we watched grand budapest hotel Hotel last year during christmas that's because it's a wintry kind of and uh, it looks like a cake the film looks like a fucking cake like (laughs) it looks like a christmas cake yeah literally like eat it with your eyes like anything that's like an ornate feast the other day i watched um sofia coppola's marie antoinette which kind of got me in the Christmas spirit in a weird way, just because it's so pretty. And there's, like, <laughs> cakes, and there's presents, and they're not for me, but I like to pretend <laughs> that the presents are for me. And it's just nice. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> so listen, Anything that's, I got, like, uh, indulgent. Uh, uh, I have diabetes, so if I see cakes, I get triggered. Uh-huh. So for me, that, that does not, you know, that doesn't bring me any joy. But uh, Was I being I ableist? Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so offensive. sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. You must be allergic to that movie because that whole film is just like cake, Never cake, seen cake, it. cake. Yeah, oh, you haven't no seen idea. it? Oh, my God. That no. would be a fun one for you guys to talk about. It's very vapid. Have you, have you not talked about any Sofia Coppola films yet? Have you not? Not not for it. an episode theme. Uh, I don't think so. I think we we talked about the bling ring or something very briefly, kind of recently. She did a, she did a, a Bill Murray Christmas special for Netflix a while back. A very Murray no, Christmas, yeah. which I did not like. I didn't like that. No. She's doing a film. She's her next film is going to be a biopic about Priscilla Presley. Um, she could yeah. help herself. Yeah, she had to go there. So that feels like a very cheap cash grab to me. That's like like trying to set the record straight because I guess Elvis didn't delve into her being 13 years old enough or or something like that. I don't know. Um, So I'm kind of whatever about that. Uh, But the reason why she's doing it is because she makes Tumblr films. She makes films that are all about female excess and indulgence, and like Priscilla Presley as a figure, kind of 
despite the abjectness of her origins, kind of represents that kind of Tumblr fantasy. So it kind of makes sense that she'd make this like sugary, indulgent film about something weird and abject. Like that's kind of what she does, and people love her for it. Um, a, a very, a very subset of like femcel yeah. <laughs> adjacent people, anyway, uh, love her for it. But yeah, like I, I'm for me during Christmas time, anyway, anything ornate or indulgent. Anything that's like a feast for the eyes, even a good sci-fi. I like to watch Prometheus at Christmas time at times because that's also set during Christmas. I believe the flight, the, the I, oh yeah, like doesn't the, it take off? Like the voyage takes off during on Christmas Day or yeah, something, and there's so. this whole Christ metaphor like running through the whole thing. Mm. Um, yeah, anything like that, really. <laughs> I think kids' movies remind me of Christmas more than anything, just mm. because you end up sticking them on <laughs> for the little ones. So yeah. like Monsters, Inc. and like all the Pixar films all the Pixar kind of stuff, have like yeah, a Christmas yeah. connotation for me as well. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, I thought you meant like Three Ninjas. or <laughs> Three Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no one's no one seen Three Ninjas? That was a I saw Three Ninjas. I hated those oh, movies. Yeah. Didn't Rob Schneider <laughs> star in one of them? <laughs> Is that in your Rob like Schneider collection, guy. Hans? No, oh my I, don't, God. I don't own that, but uh, I own Animal and Hot, the Hot Chick. Yeah, stuff. I think Hulk Hogan was rotation. a bad guy in, in one of the later sequels, in, too. I think it's in the third one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not mistaken, too. If you're not what mistaken. About, um, Park, yeah. What about you guys? Are there any like non-explicitly Christmassy films that you just like fully associate with Christmas? Yes. And you know, um, I when we were talking about this, I was like, I brought this theme up, and then I had absolutely nothing. It just, I had no answer for it. But I have thought about it since, and I think for me, uh, the answer is this uh, obscure. I think it's Hungarian, maybe it's German film. Hans, you can check me on this. Uh, it's called Angst. And uh, Angst reminds me quite a lot of Christmas time. I don't know if you guys have seen this this film. Yes. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, it's just, oh God, I'm looking it up now. It's, it's very cool toned German, uh, late German expressionism. Uh, it's it's quite a quite a film for Christmas. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh it gives you the cozy vibes. It gives you the cozy like, vibes. Uh, oh, very cozy vibes indeed. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's about there's a cute wiener dog. Lanky. What is it? What's what's going on, Hans? What do you want to explain it? Is it 1983? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh my god, the guy looks like the devil. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, really anxious. Well, it's kind of a callback to Santa versus Satan, which Hans was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) He's like one of the lost foes. Uh, Yeah, he uh, he's just a lanky, creepy guy that uh, tries to like abuse people and hurt them physically and then there's this old lady that he like beats up i'm i'm trying to remember because we did an episode on this i don't have a lot of here's all right i'll explain because because you're wrong he doesn't beat people up he doesn't abuse people he he murders a family he he gets released it's i think it's like german um he looks everyone sounds german German people say father so stupid. They say paw, paw. <laughs> sounds so dumb. We just we played a clip of that uh, repeatedly because it sounded so stupid. Uh, but he's a guy who, um, who gets released from prison a little bit early to go look for work. And then he'll go back to prison. And then when he's out, hopefully he, you know, he'll have a job and be on his way. Um, and then he's like, actually, I'm just going to go find a house 
and uh, I'm going to go in the house, and I'm going to, I guess, kill everyone in the house. Uh, and he does that. He's so bad at killing. He's, he can't even really kill the old lady of the house. He's just, you know, he, he does it accidentally. He's, like, trying to just bring her somewhere else, and he chokes her to death by accident. And then the girl's trying to, to sleep a... with him, and he's not interested. He's just trying to, like, kill and get out of there. And the dog, the dog is so disloyal because the dog's like, well, I guess you're my new owner now. And gets in his car and goes with him. So he goes to like a bar and orders one sausage, and he's yeah. just eating a sausage on a plate, staring at like these young girls that just think he's creepy. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's not really jolly vibes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you know gives me. We like should the, get your whole family around the fire this Christmas, Jake, and just like put this fucking movie. <laughs> it's just the, it's just the, fucking do it. So it's just the color temperature that gives you the Christmas. I guess so. I don't you know. I don't even think. I don't even think it's like during autumn or winter at all. I'm pretty sure like the trees are bright green in the film, but it, there's it's, there's a cool blue tone to it, and it just puts me in the Christmas mood. Christmas mood. <laughs> Christmas mood. Hmm. I'm trying to think if I, the, one disturbing film that I associate with Christmas just because it has that very cold, crisp uh, palette is the film Shame, the one with Michael mm. Fassbender. Oh yeah. The Steve McQueen. Mm. Film. Oh, where he has that rapey relationship with the. With the with the young girl. No, that's um. <laughs> no, that's fish tank. You're thinking of fish tank. Fish tank yeah. Oh. yeah, sorry. Oh right, yeah. Fish, fish tank, tank is great though. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But like, no, shame is the one where he's a sex addict and he's like mm. basically rumping and pumping around uh, New York or wherever it is that he is, and it just there's something. It's so cold and so just. It's they take a they take real advantage of that feeling of like desolateness during the winter to like kind of portray his like emotional state and yeah I feel like that's like a perfect kind of wintry movie that's like dark and dismal and like depressing in a similar in a similar way but I wonder Hans what about you any movies at all that you associate with Christmas that aren't necessarily Christmassy they don't have to be dark they could be well, you, you must have loads if, you, this is the, if you're just getting into Christmas films now yeah exactly <laughs> you've had a whole lifetime of watching non-Christmas movies at Christmas uh, at Christmas exactly <laughs> I don't know I'm trying to think and not, nothing really comes to mind uh, nothing that like gives me that I'm, I'm not a very festive person either so I guess I Uh, A lot of my Christmases from my 20s up to now, I either spent them, like, when I was in Canada, I remember I spent them by myself watching Breaking Bad on my my tiny computer, or when I was in England also... it wasn't like a. I, I, we we had dinner like me and my classmates one day, and then the rest of the day was just me watching what watching soccer, I guess, or or whatever on 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 my computer. So I I don't really have anything that I connect or that I can you know think of uh, bringing any type of Christmas memories, mostly because you know it's. When you're by yourself, it's like, it's not it's not much of a, you know, a, hey, I'm going to watch something that's going to make me feel good when my parents are across the ocean and everyone I know is, like, not here. So yeah. I, I, I think I was just, instead of trying to get into the, the feeling of, of the season, I was just trying to avoid it instead. Uh, so I... I don't know if I can connect anything uh, to, to you know, anything Christmas. that's not Christmassy. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting not, that you bring... Breaking Bad because it has that kind of (laughs) Breaking Bad also has that kind of wintry like I guess because of the blue meth maybe I'm not sure (laughs) it's interesting it's interesting you bring that up as as something that you were sort of using as a way of escaping like 
Christmas and escaping like the feeling of Christmas or whatever because like it's I feel like it also kind of has that like weird wintry maybe you were drawn to it unconsciously because it was like wintry kind of dark vibe during that time it's in like New Mexico in the desert yeah I don't know where you're getting a wintry vibe it's very dry yeah where do you think it happened I think I'm just coloring everything winter now that we're talking about winter are you thinking of Ozark yeah sorry yeah I'm thinking of Ozark sorry that's like the boomer equivalent of Breaking Bad my bad I'm thinking I think maybe I am thinking of Ozark but no I don't know something about Breaking Bad does kind of feel appropriate for the winter though because it's just so kind of bleak I guess maybe I'm not sure but in terms of like TV shows that I would watch during Christmas time to distract myself because I'm being bah humbug that would definitely be on the list or I don't know I'm I'm trying to think Christmas TV shows like I I, I've tuned into not reliably but I will watch the the finale of the uh, the Office UK around Christmas time because oh, yeah. Ricky Gervais would always end his series usually with a Christmas special, and I think that one's uh, extraordinary as far as TV goes. That's the closest thing to like any sort of TV special I watch um, outside of like you know I don't really do the children's ones anymore. I would do that to a point when I was like ten years old. You know, when we're watching Frosty and Rudolph and the Grinch and, and all that. But, <laughs> yeah, they're like mean here in the UK. I remember as a kid, they would put on like stuff like Watership Down. <laughs> that's that's very dark for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's this like really this year horror. They'll have when the wind blows. Yeah, when the wind blows. There's this. Is this really like um, weird '80s like cartoon that like is about nuclear holocaust or it's, whatever? It's done by the guy that did uh, the snowman, which is another creepy Christmas British one, which sure. has that really creepy song. Like I don't know if Where, like the snowman comes to life and he like takes the kid and they like fly through the air and it's this really weird kind of like soft animation from like the sort of like late seventies, early eighties. Super creepy. It's super fucking. Oh, I thought you were talking like, about the Michael Fassbender serial killer movie from a couple of years back, The Snowman. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this uh, animation. <laughs> Yeah, British the, the British animation is generally kind of disturbing. It's like similar to like Russian animation in that way where it's just oh, like I wouldn't say that. meant to bum <laughs> children out and like show them the harsh realities of life before oh, they're like I know one. <laughs> Wallace and Gromit, dude. Oh yeah, Wallace that's and also Gromit that's is a little warm because that's not like a feature length movie and it was 20 minutes of uh yeah. of great great time. Wallace and Gromit's a little warmer and a little like kinder that's as that's as kind as it kind of gets it's like claymation and <laughs> that's as like sweet as it will get here but like in terms of children's tv specials i think we just binge whatever americans like watch generally oh, oh, yeah the the charlie brown christmas stuff i remember yes. that one yeah that's like yeah. one that's that's the one Hans, weren't you saying <laughs> um weren't you saying you were watching like elsa gate videos off youtube for christmas <laughs> Elsa Gate? No, you, you don't remember Elsa Gate, where there was just like weird Russian, like sexually inappropriate cartoons uploaded to Cartoon. YouTube or something. I don't know. I thought you said you were watching that for Christmas no. Eve. No, no. <laughs> you weird. Make up stories about. I must oh, have been the Frozen no, Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> must have been. Oh, it must have been me. No. <laughs> oh my god, that's like. Oh, no, I, I remember that was that that was like a trend for a while. There were like all these like weird videos of like people in frozen costumes doing 
weird shit and getting like millions of views for it. Yeah, <laughs> there are some YouTube channels that just I don't understand what the game is. You know, uh, I found one recently called Deceased Celebrities that is absolutely worth taking a look at, and it's uh, a bunch of people who are not deceased that they are claiming are deceased. I'm going to see if I can pull it up on my phone real quick, just so you guys can look at the thumbnails. Because I saw this and it was like a picture of Tom Hanks holding a photo of Tim Allen. It said, Tim Allen has passed. And it had like 5,000 views. Um, yeah, there's a lot of weird YouTube rabbit holes of, uh, of these channels that just I don't know what the end game is. They can't be making a lot of money off of it. Wasn't, wasn't that thing also... Some- wasn't the thing also as soon as um, someone, a celebrity would die, there would be people doing like Ouija videos where they contact the famous person that just died at 3 yeah, a.m. Yeah. or whatever. And that was also yeah, that was definitely you know, a thing for a hot second. Yeah, oh. definitely. Rats. Like, I'm, I'm using a cinema camera, so I can't show you. I'll send a screen cap oh. to the, yeah, the send group a screen cap. That sounds disturbing. Like that. Like, but isn't that and also kind of illegal? Isn't it illegal to t- say someone is dead if they're not dead or whatever? I don't think it's illegal. Maybe in the UK because you guys have weird <laughs> free speech <laughs> rules. Or right. I don't know. We have a king. He'll put us in the dungeon. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> so have you guys seen that Meghan and and Harry? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We tried. We tried. We did try because we did. We, did, we knew it was going to be good prime uh, content yeah good reaction content but like struggle to do more than the first episode honestly it was so fucking self-indulgent it's just how many times did she cry on that first episode (laughs) (laughs) i want to say at least least least, uh, like (laughs) five to ten yeah and the story about how he took her to africa was really disturbing Like, that was their, like, quote-unquote first date. He basically, like, put her on a nondescript plane into the middle of nowhere. And they have this, like, weird set-up native thing for him where he pretends to be uh, native or whatever. And they just hire a bunch of natives to make a fake camp for him to sort of... You know, I did the same thing when I started dating a Korean girl as I showed up in a kimono and took her to Korea. It was was great. It was a great move. That's how you woo a, a woman. A woman. Well, no, he took her to the middle of the African bush and where he would be her only resource and protector. And they stayed out there for a week. And um, that was, I guess, the trial for whether she was worthy of becoming the princess, whether she was able to stay in the African bush with this ginger as her only source of, like, protection and sustenance. And the best like, part I think, is that she's is she from, like, California or something? Yeah, so she's, she's, like, she's, yeah. she's like, she's yeah. an American <laughs> Yeah. 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 Going back to I her think, Californian that roots like, in Africa, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's almost tantamount to kidnapping. <laughs> and I think I mean, that... <laughs> she, she was a pretty willing participant in the kidnapping. Even then, like, I, don't, I think she was expecting, like, a resort or some kind of, like, um, you know, display. He literally made her, like, stay in a tent in the bush for a week. Um, and I would just have, I would love to have been a fly on the wall or a fly in the savannah just to. So see. need to, mate. They made a whole fucking documentary for you. Well, they lie. They gave us the clean version about how it was so romantic and I was scared at night and he held me close. <laughs> but I really, I really don't think that that's, I don't yeah. think that's what happened. Had to take a shit in a hole, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
oh it was God. really disturbing. Like the do- I, we couldn't get through it because it was like super disturbing. But the other thing she that- really creeps me out as well. Yeah, like her face yeah. just really freaks me out. Yeah. I don't know if it's like her eyes or what she's doing with her smile, but like something about her makes me really unnerved. And, um, yeah, she's got psychopath like energy going on there, and the whole thing was just reeked of just how narcissistic. Uh, yeah, how from the beginning, fucking narcissistic she is. It's just like not good vibes at all. It was like <laughs> painful, but then at the same time, it's also really annoying. Like, like people like Piers Morgan and even Sharon Osbourne has gotten involved in like. The Megan bashing, like the Megan bashers, are just as annoying, in my opinion. They they think that they're like ahead of the curve or cool by constantly following and commenting on her every move and critics. And it's just like it's fucking annoying. Like she won, like she took your mm. fucking ginger retard, and like she fucking she won. Like get over it. Like so. Like I, I'm gonna both sides this as I usually do, and I'm gonna say. <laughs> Both sides are equally as bad. As well, hold on. Did she win? Did she? Uh, has she had a kid with him yet? Is there a kid? Yes, she did. Two. Oh, then she won. All right, Two. yeah, it's settled. She fucking won. It's settled, mate. It's fucking done, <laughs> and she fucking won. This American like fucking opportunist managed to fucking swindle a prince, and I think we just need to like take our L and like move on. I think it's really pathetic that Piers Morgan is constantly crying about it it's like fuck I think I, you should I, you can stop at this really pathetic that Pierce Morgan he does a lot of things not just not just that but uh so is the thing that they they say she's not worthy is that is that the thing no it's just that they're but her that she didn't like pay homage to our culture and like play her role she, she was like this is gay I want to get out of here and I want to go live in Netflix she was like and she fucking did it and they feel slighted about it she's <laughs> basically like a really arrogant American and then <laughs> British people didn't like that and then she thought that they all were sort of like bullying her and just didn't like her and it's just like well yeah because you're really arrogant and it just come, you just exude it you like it just comes out of you it's just really like uh, yeah really Really, really creepy. But she still won, and it's like, like fucking credit where yeah. credit's due. This I, like, I hate the monarchy. I'm glad, I'm glad all this damage is being supposedly done to the monarchy. But I just <laughs> wish they would sh- do it a little bit more quietly and not try and make such a fucking circus around themselves. It's literally just yeah. so, so like, look at me. Yeah. It's so. It's but like I, a, I don't know. I think they've made a new documentary instead of a rom com. It's a rom doc. It's yeah. literally like a whole fucking documentary about celebrity relationship for you to get really intimate view of these people and like basically for you to love them and for you to see them as some kind <laughs> of people friend. that you like really resonate and connect with even though they're like they might a couple as well of the most privileged fucking people they might on the as well just planet. like like they might as well just post whole like i would respect megan more if she just like posted whole <laughs> haven't got like, that just... dushy money anymore i need to get an only fans rocking like, like just fucking <laughs> post whole already okay fucking hell it, it just sounds like a story where it's like no no one to root for you know you just like hate exactly. everyone no. involved right it's all gay. It's all fake and gay. Yeah, it's it's really like silly. But I I I wouldn't recommend watching the whole thing. It, I mean, you guys are kind of masochistic though. You watch a lot of shit that like just you for the pain. You watch it. a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the worst thing I've had you watch for the show, Hans? 
you had us watch that horrible fucking Hunter Biden film. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. It was hilarious. I don't even remember if that was my idea. That might have been the uh, the late Anthony Cisco who recommended that. I have no clue. Um, Hans, wasn't it your right? I think it was Hans. No. Yeah. No, I never wanted to see that. That look hor- that trailer looked horrible to begin with. It's just I guess we'll we'll do it. I had to see my it, Mandalorian but. lady in such a de- degenerated state. It made me very sad. It, you know. Oh my god. It broke my heart to <laughs> I, see her. I joked that it was her before I even saw her face and realized it was her. There <laughs> 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 she was. Just like Jesus. It was sad. It was sad. That was probably yeah, the most rapid did. career free fall for, for any oh. actor, I guess. Yeah. So sad. But yeah, like if you if you guys have the stomach for it, you can try and watch the whole Megan and Harry thing, but it really is well, hey, as I said, it's a new genre, guys. You're, uh, you know, cinephiles and everything. This is a new genre. They're cutting the edges. They're on the boundaries. You know, they're doing something new. You got to, you got to invest dark. the six hours and and watch all of it and and give us a detailed analysis. But I couldn't do more than an hour. No, no I don't. I don't think that'll be in the works for for movies. Twenty twenty three. Can't imagine. Just very rich people pretending they like each other on camera. I, I, I could uh, I don't care. Yeah, because he he is uh, everything I'm seeing, which is not much about him. He just seems like a little, little off, right? Like uh-huh. a little stupid, oh, yeah. like a little, you know. Well, you know, they say this about uh, orange cats too. Is orange cats are usually male <laughs> and usually, you know, they have a higher rate of retardation. So maybe there's something. <laughs> Something with gingers oh in general. <laughs> oh my god! It's hey, not even I'm the princess kid, ginger, right? Right. I'm a little That's bit ginger even... at the moment. It's not real, but like I do feel like slightly more retarded <laughs> now that I'm ginger. So maybe isn't there's he, something to it. Isn't he also like the son of someone that's not the prince or the I guess the king well, now? That, that's, oh, the, that's the conspiracy. That's the conspiracy that, that, that like he he's the son of Diana and like her guard or like body trainer or whatever the fuck at the time basically. Ooh, damn, sounds like she, she got around, exactly huh? Oh yeah, she did. <laughs> she, well, she she was he, she was in a, a three way marriage, and Charles had absolutely no interest in her, and like she had to get her jolly somewhere. So it is highly likely that he may not be, in my opinion, and I think maybe that's why he's wiling out. Because I think well, that's very knows. Woody Allen esque, is where you have a bunch of kids and none of them look like you. They all look like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we talk about this on the last episode where with his ho- ho- uh, Charles' horny text messages to that old lady? Yeah, we. Play- I think <laughs> we, did, we played right? the yeah. text-to-speech version of them or something. It was really yeah. gross. It was really off-putting. It was hot. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> it's my primary like go-to material. That and uh, the Elsa uh, YouTube. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Elsa. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is the degenerate country that oh, we live in. Oh, Camilla, I want to be your knickers or whatever. You're <laughs> something like that. I want to be your tampon. He's like, Jesus, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's every woman's dream to have a man tell her that he wants to be her knickers. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are so brutish. You don't understand uh, romance. <laughs> but it's also coming with that accent. You're like very like, 
posh, very like educated accent that it just takes any type of you know eroticism that it could have away because it just sounds like he's just I don't know telling some like as a picturing oh, but they're, yeah they're all, <laughs> but they're all sexual deviants all especially the po- in England the posher the man the more sexually deviant he is look at Hugh Grant um, oh, when Hugh yeah. Grant was busted. He wasn't busted, like, with some regular vanilla, you know. He, w- he was with some, like, you know, street fucking oh, no. hooker. What, what like happened? You ever heard about this? Not, this is like from, like, the early 90s. He was kind of soft canceled, and he had to go do... Back in the day, before the internet, where just people would never forget your, your wrongdoings, he had to do, like, four talk shows apologizing for sleeping with, like, some BBW hooker from... Like Compton or somewhere, it was great. <laughs> she, literally, she, it was, and he did it in such he did it in such a British charming way. He was just like, oh, well, I had you know a mild indiscretion, and it's all behind <laughs> us now, isn't it? Pip pip cheerio, <laughs> and you know people loved him. He charmed his way out of it so easily. That guy charmed but himself these, a whole fucking career. He can't act for shit. A lot. Of, <laughs> the thing is, these these the posh British guys, they don't want. Because they're they're they live a vanilla life. They live vanilla trad life. So they want the weirdest, most abject thing that they can think of sexually, anyway. And like I guess for Charles, Charles it was like a, the old lady or whatever, and imagining himself as her underwear. Great. That was his. Uh, that's what made him get his jollies. How kingly. <laughs> and that's yeah, the degenerate country that we live in. And then you <laughs> and have stuff. his brother, right? Who's, uh, oh yeah, oh. who's also uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of common among our aristocracy. <laughs> it's just something you learn to live with in this country. Just the knowledge of uh, buggery. buggery. <laughs> what's just the, the knowledge what's that there's some buggery happening somewhere? What's the guy's name with the monkey's haircut? Uh, uh, that was like a like a children's show. Oh, Jimmy Sandler. <laughs> yeah, that that was yeah, another man. one. There's like, how do you guys not see? Like, look, he looks like that. Like, how? What do you <laughs> yeah. you know? I see. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, isn't it, Hans? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a sore subject. <laughs> it's a very sore subject in this neck of the woods, especially down in like the country. Well, like, he he, but his donations essentially built what became my local hospital. Which wow. is like kind of down his neck of the know, woods. It's like a very sore subject. What a hero! It's, it's, he saved so many lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say about Jimmy Seville. You know, he did what he did, but he saved so many lives. Yeah, built in a lot of little buttholes. That that. that well, you know, they did that Netflix on. documentary two-part movie on him, and yeah. it was damning. But it, it was like it was like all right, all right. So what? He fingered a child. I mean, look, that's bad. I'm not saying that's not bad. But it was like one instance of it. It was one no, thing no, no, that no, happened. It was, not one it's it's it was, it was almost like no, thousands of That's what people say. But the Netflix documentary said, well, you know, he just did this one over here and then he was acting like a creep in the hospital. And I was like, all right, like whole, where's where's the real story here? It's a whole children's oh, hospital man. worth of, of that and not just one of them. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. 
Uh, he he managed to rile his way all the way through the ranks of British society, man. It was pretty creepy. He was like on Prince Charles, or King Charles is now fucking speed dial as like an advisor. Right. They had a letter that they they read during the dock of um, some like personalized thank you over something. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like there might have been coded language in it. Kind of like those Pizzagate emails from many years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gave Podesta energy for real, for sure. Mm-hmm. It was quite disturbing. And, like, it, I don't know, it's, but a lot has changed anyway since, like, things have, since the, especially since, the, like, the death of the Queen and shit. Like, I had, my, I had to get my passport renewed the other day, and the new British passport is so ugly. Um, it's, like, it looks like it's black. That's not since the Queen's dead. That's because of Brexit, mate. Is that really what caused it? Yeah. There's no pictures of the queen on it anymore. There's no pictures of anyone on it. The new I thought we would have the new king, but I guess he wants to be low key, so there's no none of that. No no like regalia of like the great empire, like all of this it's all gone now. It's just like cost a fucking cost extra. <laughs> it's a fucking black passport. Is that is that really the face you want on your passport, though? <laughs> well, I don't know. There was something slight. I mean, I'm not a true. I'm not a royalist or anything. But as like you know, there was something kind of like comforting about Her Majesty's subject, fucking, and then the, the picture of the old lady on it. And now to just have this like cold black passport with like nothing on it is like. So, so jarring it's like is this Britain anymore like what the fuck's going on like it's bringing out all these like conservative like old school impulses in me I don't know why like just getting that passport was like oh shit like things have really changed like type well, that, of feeling that, that definitely died with her though right the whole uh, the monarchy scene as like a tourist attraction type of thing because who's going who's excited about seeing him anymore you know who, who, I want to go true. to the castle where the king lives who, uh, he's, he's never <laughs> been likable I don't think you know it's yeah. not I, I love I do love that argument because it's not even like the tourists were booking lunch with the queen like right. do you know what I mean like they, they, they go into the castle they look around yep off you go. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who the fuck is there, or if they don't, if they're even there or not, or if they, they can just not exist. The place is right, still but be there. but you have the image of you know the queen doing this, and well, <laughs> she's 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 yeah, cute and little. She's adorable, right? But now that she's gone, it's like who 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 are you Sausage hoping man. to see, right? Yeah, yeah, that disgusting like, fucking. I've been dead <laughs> in, in the water for thirty days. Hand, yeah, that, that's gone. I, I wonder what they're going to. To try to you know continue getting that money into the country because I I can't imagine anyone you know see, Shit, no, still seeing this. Shit's pretty dire here. <laughs> we're, we're all <laughs> we're all one step away from becoming chimney sweeps and dying of consumption. Like it's pretty uh, Dickensian at the moment. <laughs> yeah, are you, are you guys uh, back home for Christmas already, or uh, due to travel still? We're having to plan our travel around a shitload of strikes and stuff. So oh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, challenging. By the way, I love when people die of consumption because my assu- my assumption for consumption was uh, originally that that was just like a polite term for alcoholism. Um, and that is not the case. So I was uh, no. very wrong for a number of years. I don't even know what that is. What's, what's that? What's dying of consumption? It's like tuberculosis, basically. But like, it's oh. like a it's like a genteel way of saying tuberculosis, I guess. Oh, yeah. But yeah, well, wait. Jake asked, "Is so? What are your plans? You go? Are you going home? I'm home. Uh, Hans, what are oh, you doing? Home. You got you got a family to to take yeah. care of, right? We'll, just, we'll have 
dinner, I'm sure. What's for dinner? I don't know. Yeah, what's the Mexican Christmas? Oh, we don't do that. <laughs> that's the thing. We, don't, we don't, like, we've never, the thing with my parents too, and, and maybe that's why I don't have much of a connection to uh, Christmas, is, is that uh, I stopped getting presents at like 12. So, so that was, that's, it's never been a thing. Even on, on birthdays, I would just get like a cake. So it was a little fat boy. So my cake was my present. So it's never been much of a, like a festive celebration, uh, either birthdays or Christmas. Uh, we did have, uh, uh, we would fly because my, my dad's from, I was born in Mexico too. So what we would do when I was younger would be to just fly there. And then the extended family, which was, yeah, like, I don't know, 20 people we would get together. And that was that was great. But then my granddad died when I was, I don't know, 17. And as soon as it happened, that completely ended. There was also some drama with my dad and his brothers. But so since that died, then it's just been like, oh, yeah, it's just Christmas is just another, you know, we'll have we'll have dinner. We'll have chicken and or ham or, you know. Something very you, you know who you sound like? You sound like that. Ebenezer Scrooge, Hans. That's what I <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so so we don't have like that typical, I guess, or or didn't have uh, that. Maybe we'll we'll do me and my girlfriend would do something this year, uh, but uh it's not it's not really even presents. We're just like let's just wait until Christmas ends so that we can get the deals, you know, Sales. because it's not, we don't, yeah. yeah, exactly. We don't have to, we're not going to wrap them up and, oh, what that's such I a get, soulless you know? capitalist it's, perspective it, on the holiday, Hans. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. For me, though, I feel like it, Christmas should be like the World Cup because then it would be more special if it was like every four every years. Four. I've never heard anything more sinful in my life. Yeah, this is a hor- <laughs> that's a horrible idea. No. <laughs> exactly. I've upset the two white boys. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, like, no, like, my mom was the same way. My mom never made a big deal of Christmas. She's a trad Nigerian mom. There was no Santa because she, like, typical, like, black mom didn't want, like, an old white man taking credit for presents that she bought. She made a point of telling us that there was no Santa Claus. <laughs> And, like, she also is really religious, so she also made a point of, like, telling us that Christmas is about Jesus. So I, like, associate the holiday with, like, tedium. But it wasn't until I got with Jake that I kind of started to see, like, normal white people Christmas traditions (laughs) and, like, that it can sometimes be nice to partake in them. So, like, I kind of just live vicariously through whatever his family is doing and just go to the Shire. And it's, like, very traditional and it's, like, very nice. Um... The one thing I do despise, though, is the board games that we get forced. It's like forced fun type of situation. You gotta play, mate. You gotta play. But family, I guess you got you got to do what you got to do. Everyone's got to partake. <laughs> How about you, Jay? What are your What are your plans? Uh, I'm just gonna be in uh, Massachusetts until the 27th or the 28th. I'm gonna go back to New York for New Year's because that's way more exciting than hanging around. The woods. What in do New you England. do for New Year's in New York, bro? Uh, it really depends. You know, I don't. I, I, I honestly, I don't typically do anything too exciting. I don't like I mean, go, go to, to parties. The, the uh, drop. What is it? Drop off the ball or whatever. No, I'm not going to go there. There's too many people. That's, that's, that sounds like a horrible <laughs> idea. Um, and you, you, you see a lot of like the fireworks and everything from. Where I'm at in Queens, right across the water is Manhattan. So you get, like, a good perspective on everything that's happening. And also, like, my neighbors will set off fireworks and stuff. But I'll tell you what. Last time I went out, I did, like, do bar hopping with, like, a small group of people. And then 
I got a hotel at the end of the night and I got, um, I ordered some food and I ordered some buffalo onion rings and I was so drunk I didn't notice that the buffalo onion rings were not fully cooked and the batter was not, was, was not fully prepared. I thought it was sauce. I was wrong and I got food poisoning and I had to book that hotel. Oh. It was the grossest looking hotel. I think just because I was sick, it was fine, it was clean, but the wallpaper was ugly. It was bad. It was like gray striped wallpaper for this hotel in Times Square and I had to be there two extra days because I was just so sick and puking everywhere. It was horrible. Oh. So I don't do anything. I just stay home and <laughs> drink. Yeah. Same, we learned to do the same in London because there was one year where we were dumb enough to go try and go to, it wasn't Trafalgar Square, Sorry, it was a. Uh, oh like South God! Park. Yes, yeah, to the, that bridge yeah. with the. Oh yeah. my Jesus, we, that's horrible. Yeah, we went. To, it was the stupidest thing I did in my whole life. We went to London Bridge. The yeah. fucking fireworks display was lackluster, fucking shit. Like they, it was budget Brexit fireworks, basically that it they did good. that year. It was fucking shit. And then to get home was hassle because yep. they had fucking police on horses, like Game of Thrones horses trying to like herd the crowds and then trying to it took us like five hours just to walk through a tube station and it was raining and it was hot it was just a piss take and i was like i'm never doing this again fuck this shit like no way i remember my friends going like oh yeah we'll just find a pub and go into a pub and drink and everything is full and or or just they won't let you into anything and people uh you have to uh, like sign up before so that you're allowed in in a lot of places and it's just there's so many people on the street that yeah to get home after seeing what like 20 minutes of fireworks there's just like I've never like these fireworks it's, uh, I feel like that's for you know children <laughs> makes me sound like such a miserable <laughs> yeah uh, you person. do you but sound I've, very I've, anti-holidays yeah. on this show <laughs> but I've, I've like fireworks have never really done much for me so I just remember and we did that two years in a row the, the third year I was like I'm not fucking doing this whole thing again because you just get home so late exhausted and then all you got was Oh, cool. Fireworks. Yeah. I think fireworks are like just an inherently American thing, though, because it's all it's very Independence Day, very Fourth of July, very we killed all of you guys during the the war. (laughs) We have to celebrate it. That's what that's really what I think this is boiling down to is you don't understand because you guys lost. Lost, lost, yeah, and you threw all our tea in the river. Yep. You friggin' yes, lost. right out, right outside my door, because I am near oh Boston. Oh my god, so. no way! I can't believe it. Yes. Dominated on our own fucking show. We just Britain three v one, and we win again. <laughs> yes. We just keep taking L's, L's, L's left and right. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on and chatting with us tonight and talking about Christmas movies. We always have such a great time, like talking to you guys and you know thank you for making the sacrifice to come on this late right before christmas as well mm-hmm. and yeah we we wish you guys like the best time a merry christmas and, uh, you wish us a merry yeah. christmas uh of course uh always a pleasure coming on here to do a christmas special episode and thanksgiving spe- the yeah. lost episode uh r.i.p the hour of that uh this was a, this was a pleasure Thank you so much. Next time yeah. we'll be on our new show. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're rebranding. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it's about time. We were sort of living in a dead carcass <laughs> at this point. So we were just like, and also our RSS feed fucked up. Yeah, it got fucked. Because we tried to switch to Anchor and it just kind of like wiped out half of our shit. 
mm-hmm. um, which was like annoying. So it was like we may as well just like start. What's the, the so What's the like, new show title going to be? That's a mystery. Oh, You're gonna have okay. to wait to find out. It's a way to find out. <laughs> but no, it's because we're still working on and arguing about it. So uh, it'll be cool. Though. What? Hold cool on. What are the options? What are, what are the two winning <laughs> ideas? Oh, so it's really bad, actually, because Jake really wants to call it. Well, no, I'm not set on that, but it was just like an idea of like set from like live from because we wanted to shift it to be like a live stream mm. instead mm. of a, a recorded thing, and then be like live from some sort of like secret underground bunker type place like live from Area 51 live from like the Temple of Kukundu or like uh, some crazy shit like that like uh, like the boss is an Evangelion kind of vibe like <laughs> you are, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're, as you can see we're still brainstorming uh, and the reason why we're not talking is because we don't want to make not fill everyone full of hope basically <laughs> But yeah, we're we're yeah we're we're rebranding. So next time you guys uh, talk to us, it will hopefully be on our on our new show. Wait, so hold on. Um, Does that mean this is the last episode of Low Society? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How about that? That yeah. we're all right. Who start on the last Johnny Carson show? I think it was. I don't know. I wasn't alive. You, Hans, you, you were, were alive back then, we were, right? Um, yeah. I didn't, have, I didn't have cable in the seventies <laughs> or eighties. What an honor. Um, yeah, that's exciting stuff. I will I'll keep an eye out for the new show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And nice thank you guys for coming on. And we will catch you soon. Have a happy holiday. All right. Take care, guys. Mm-hmm. Take it easy. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.